Welcome to the Vici Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. Are you are you like an avid weekly listener, Pat, or a very occasional? A very occasional listener. Okay, nice, nice. That's good. Tina, you listen. I'm every regular. Friday morning. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Usually by 8 a.m. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's great. And then I make every my Friday morning. Every that's Friday your... morning, that yeah, I do try to listen to it. Uh, Rituals are good, I think. I think I do. I think yeah. you know if you have a set time to do things yeah. and set yeah. time to listen to pray to mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, most of us pray all day, but um, you know, like daily mass. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, a ritual. Yeah, yeah. Or my yeah. exercise yeah. Yeah, yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. It's a ritual, yeah. and when I don't do it, I don't feel like Pat Gorman. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I am huge into. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Same thing. Matter of fact, I think uh, I'm so same thing every day, uh, and they say that that can be bad because for for the is. mind. But <laughs> I tend to be so much so that way that even I feel like the movement of my arm is exactly the same <laughs> at the same time of the day. Like you can set a watch by me. <laughs> I say the same things. I do the same things. Um, and that, I, from what I understand, you should not do that. I know you should not do that. <laughs> and I have been to confession for exactly doing that. <laughs> because sometimes your um, personal desires and wishes become a source of pride. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh. Very much so for, sure. for me. And for I sure. think that uh, pride is the beginning of all. yes. Selfishness, Absolutely. actually, Absolutely. it leads to the selfishness that we are speaking about Absolutely. in this book. Yeah. I, I believe that. Um, well, why don't we go ahead and uh, get in, introduce the what we're going to talk about? So, welcome back, folks, to the Vici Mendham Show. We have a special guest in our midst, Miss Pat Gorman. Welcome Ooh. to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Pat's a little bit nervous. Have you ever sat in front of a mic like this? No, I have never done this before, Austin, in my whole life. And it's been 72 years of avoiding this. Exactly (laughs) what I'm talking about. Uh, We're messing up your ritual. (laughs) Which uh, Tina just informed us is good for us. Very good. Glad to have you. (laughs) And, of course, Tina's here. And I'm Austin. Um, And before we get started, I have some very exciting news. Uh, we Are you need- expecting another You're baby? You're going to have another baby? <laughs> I did not hear that news yet this morning, so no, that's not it. <laughs> but, oh man, wow, I, I don't think I can top that. That would have been great news. But See. <laughs> the Vici Minimum Show is one year old. Wow. So Congratulations. The are falling as we speak. <laughs> Confetti's everywhere. There's glitter all over the floor. Josh will be in here to clean it up later. <laughs> Sweet Josh. So I want to share that exciting piece of news with everybody. Thank you all for, uh, for tuning in for a year or sporadically throughout the year. Uh, we're so excited that our Lord blessed this. We did consecrate this ministry to Mary, um, and we know she'll do with it as she so desires. So we're looking forward to, to this show actually starts... Season three for us. So we're oh, kicking it off. Wow. Really? Yeah. That's exciting. Can you believe it? Season that three. That is exciting. Yeah. So we do, our seasons are half a year long, obviously. So we're, uh, it's about 26 episodes and we start a new one. So 
Looking forward to a brand new season and very exciting news. Tina is going to be a host for season three, right, Tina? Oh, that's absolutely right. Thank you so much for announcing that, Austin. <laughs> if, folks, if you could see the look that Tina, Tina gave me when I said that. <laughs> Now that I've got you all, all messed up with that. Oh, I'm not messed up. <laughs> You're good to go. All right. Well, we won't waste any more time talking about this stuff because what we really want to talk about is a book. Um, Pat Gorman, a uh, very dear friend of mine. She watches my kids often. Praise Jesus. She's saved us countless times. And um, we are... Well, I was talking with her and she told me, I asked, what, what books are you reading? And she said, I just read The Little Prince which is a classic. You may have even read it in middle school. I think that's I about that time. I never read it either. I had never read it before. Had you read it before, too? I, you know, I, I don't have much of a memory past yesterday. So, <laughs> But The Little Prince, the title sounds familiar to me, and some of the pictures in the book seemed a little bit familiar to me. Um, but, uh, but I didn't remember it from start to finish Okay, uh, when, I was, when I read it this few weeks ago so it's like a fresh read for all yeah. of us. yes yeah. mm-hmm. yes so um there's there's so much we were talking about before this podcast there is so much in this book that we could easily spend an hour and a half two hours just discussing all the nuances but we're making an assumption that maybe not everybody listening um has read it so what i'd like to do is just give a quick synopsis of of the book. So the little prince, and please feel free to interject. I don't want to belabor this too long, but, um, the book is about a little prince and he, he has, he lives on a planet, um, by himself. And, uh, and there are things that grow on his planet. Uh, one of, on his planet, one of the things that grows is a rose. Um, it grows and it's very impactful to him to see this beautiful flower kind of come up and he loves the rose. Um, uh, but this rose doesn't really show a lot of affection to him and is, is pretty much just high maintenance. Um, he sacrifices for it, uh, but the rose hardly shows any gratitude. So he can speak to the rose. The rose speaks back to him. Um, so the prince leaves the planet, ultimately, and decides to visit other Something planets. Something I liked about this rose is that it had four th- thorns with which to protect itself. Mm. But it couldn't protect itself with the four thorns so they were sort of i mean he did highlight that these thorns were there uh, the rose needed it to protect itself but yet at the end of the day um it, it could be eaten by you know a lamb and and it would be gone so yeah. i found that interesting so or i'm just adding that in that there is the, that this thorn did produce some ro- th- i mean this rose produced some thorns uh to protect itself but they really didn't do that the the rose just thought Right, and the rose even asked, like, could a tiger come to this planet? Because yeah. it wouldn't hurt me. Yeah, and that's right, because she could use her, th- her claws. She referred to them as claws. Correct. Uh, C-L-A-W-S, yeah, yeah. and in the book. Mm-hmm. And uh, she could have prevented a tiger or lion coming after her with her claws. But okay. the thorns were there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so that's this is the rose, right? Yeah, and, uh, and it it wants to be covered because it's too drafty in the evening. So he has to go out of his way to put a glass jar over top of this rose in the evening. It, it kind of consumes his life in a sense. Mm-hmm. Sure, is taking care of this rose. So he leaves and he finds um, very unhappy people on all the other planets. Um, and so, like for instance, one planet has a lazy man, and this one is very briefly mentioned. Um, and he doesn't weed, I don't know if I'm going to say the name of this tree right, Baobab? 
Baobab. Baobab. Okay, so he doesn't weed um, baobab trees that grow. I actually looked up one of these. Have you? Were you all already familiar with this type of tree? No, I assume no, it was a made-up name. It's it, real. It's a real name. It, it real, is a real tree. Massive Man. tree in Africa. Right. Unbelievably yes. huge. Yes. And you, they, there's usually a picture with an elephant beside it, and it, the elephant is like it's a dwarf. Oh, it's unreal. Yeah, yeah they're majestic. So, at any rate, he, he leaves, and one planet has a lazy man who doesn't weed um, baobab. Did I say that right? Correct. Okay. Uh, trees, when they're small, and so it completely consumes his planet. And I think there's, there's a moral there also, that he didn't take care of it when it was small. That's right. And it destroyed his planet. Um, so then he visits another planet, just to give you kind of a sense of, of how the story reads. Um, this is very short, but I'm going to ask Pat just to read, um, it's like three paragraphs, about when he visits a planet with a drunkard. The next planet was inhabited by a drunkard. This visit was a very brief one, but it plunged the little prince into a deep depression. What are you doing there, he asked the drunkard, whom he found sunk in silence before a collection of empty bottles and a collection of full ones. Drinking, replied the drunkard with a gloomy expression. Why are you drinking, the little prince asked. To forget, replied the drunkard. To forget what, inquired the little prince, who was already feeling sorry for him. To forget that I'm ashamed, confessed the drunkard, hanging his head. What are you ashamed of, inquired the little prince, who wanted to help. Of drinking, concluded the drunkard, withdrawing into silence for good, and the little prince went on his way, puzzled. Wow. (laughs) So you kind of get the flavor of what's happening on these planets. He's visiting basically people who are consumed mm-hmm. in something else, right? Right, that- right, yeah. Consumed with themselves. And the, the job or the situation that they're in that is consuming them, even though it's only themselves. Mm. Like the little prince was consumed with a rose. Oh, sure. And he was sad when he left the planet. And the rose was sad when... He left the planet. And so I think all this is teaching us about consuming our selfishness, our selfish needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting point, too, is that they were consumed with something else, but really that something else consumed them, which is highlighted in that story of the drunkard that, you know, well, why are are you drinking to forget, to forget what, that I'm drinking? (laughs) You know, it's like he... He's his will is imposed on this drinking, but the drinking very much is is now imposed on him, and he can't separate himself from that. From it, yeah. And it's the same thing. He visits a planet with a businessman uh-huh. who's completely consumed with counting the stars, <clears throat> and uh, and and they're his currency basically. And the prince says, exactly. "What are you going to do with these?" Yeah. And he says, "Well, I count them. I manage them. You know. Okay. Well, what can you do with them? Well, when I'm done, I can deposit them. What does that mean?" I write the number of how many there are, and I put them in a... Safety deposit box. I found that <laughs> yeah. fascinating, and I thought, and I, and I myself don't have a safety deposit box, but I think of what people might put in a safety deposit box, and it's sort of, I thought, does it have any value? Mm. I mean, and where does it have value? Like, this man was counting the stars. He owned the stars. The little prince asked him... Um, how do you how is it that you own the stars and he said well nobody else has claimed them right has anybody right. else said they belong to them and they he says no and so 
this man says, well, then they belong to me because I say they do. I'm the first one to claim them. Right. You know, but they, they mean nothing because he doesn't own them. Right. Just because he says that he does. And so it's all quite fascinating. And he even says, what, are you, what can you do with those stars? And he says, well, I could buy more if more were discovered and claimed by yeah. somebody else. But that's not <laughs> really an answer, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could it's... just have more. <laughs> right. And he, he ends that interaction with saying, he said, this one reminds me a little bit of the drunkard. Yeah. You know, and he says that, uh, that if I were to have a scarf, I could tie that around my neck. And that would actually have... A point like you would have a reason I could wear it, but what can this man do with a note with a number on it and a safety deposit box? Right, of stars that don't belong to him. Right, right. Except, except fulfill his need to own something or to mm. to have something that he can call his own. Yes, which we all long for. I think to have something we can call our own. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I think that there, there, and you kind of start to pick up on that sense through the book that right. there's this, there's this pervasive emptiness that people are filling with something else, mm-hmm. um, and they don't exactly know how to be in right relationship with things or with other people. Right. You know, like the one planet he visits that's got the, um, the the man who wants admirers. What was that? Uh, I forget. The yeah, name of the, that the name. one. Yeah, well, I don't remember his name either. But he was the king, correct? The king would yeah. just wanted people to, to reign over. To, oh yeah, yeah. but yeah. I'm thinking this is a different this guy. Is a different guy. Right. Yeah, he just want as soon as someone came, as soon as the little prince came, he said, "Ah, an admirer." That's right. Oh no, yes, he wanted to be admired. Yes. All he yes. wanted was to be yes. admired. But nobody else is on the planet. But when com- one comes, he sees him immediately as an admirer. That's right. The businessman sees the little prince as a nuisance, pulling him away from what right. he His needs county. to do. Right. The king sees him as... Somebody he can reign over. Exactly. A yeah. dominion over them. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of... There's like this... How do you have a right relationship with somebody? You know, it's showing all these people on their planets having poor relationship with the other, with themselves, and with their their kind of purpose in life. You know? Yeah. And... And what do you think, um, because there's another person involved, so, um, so there's the little prince, but there's also the, the pilot. Yes, you but know, the pilot isn't with the little prince. No, he's not, not, but he's, he's, he's on, I mean, he has an exchange with the little prince. The little prince is telling uh, the pilot his stories, correct, right, of correct. his travels, um, which I find interesting, uh, uh, an interesting part of the, the story. So, um What's your, I mean, I, and the reason why I mention it is, is what's your take on the little prince um, uh, and his relationship with the pilot? And I think it's important to mention that he's sharing his adventures on these different planets with the pilot who has, uh, has had an accident. In his lost. aircraft no. and is lost Who in is the lost desert. In the desert. Well, yeah. So, and, 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 think, do you have? If I can just clarify too for the listeners who haven't read that, um, the pilot is the author of the book. Yeah. Um, so he, the little prince is is telling him all of this stuff. And it's a true story. He did have a plane crash. Oh, okay. The author sure. did have a plane crash and crashed in the desert. Oh wow! Season. Yeah. And, um, you know, and. Anyway, I've read some about him that, you know, reflects the story. And I believe that uh, the pilot was in the deepest valley of his life. Hmm. And the little prince showed up to bring him through that valley to the mountain and 
showing him what life is like mm. when you're all alone. Because he was all alone. Mm. Pilot was all alone. And only had his plane to fix. And I, I just think the little prince just gave him life back to, mm. to pursue, you know, to keep on going. But that's my thought. No, I love that. And I think that that's, uh, that it can be seen most clearly through the little prince's experience with a fox. Yes. That, uh, and it's, it's interesting that you say that because I didn't make this connection between the pilot and the fox beforehand. But I found the fox to be very fascinating. Um, so finally the little prince comes to earth. And, Isn't that interesting? Yeah, comes to Earth. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah, I know, like it's... somebody else we know. <laughs> Jesus, I don't know, but <laughs> but you know, I got all about the spiritual aspect of this book. I on the second reading hmm. is when my my first subject that the little prince met that I really thought was very, very meaningful was the fox. Mm. The fox who taught him how how to tame so, someone, ultimately how to love someone. So, yeah, so to kind of paint the what happens here, the little prince is exploring Earth, and he sees um, lots of mountains. It's huge, you know, obviously. These other planets are very tiny, can contain basically the one person that's on it. This one, he's like, you know, there's millions of drunkards, millions of businessmen, whatever. Yeah, but, that was fascinating. But he's walking all around looking for these people. And and the first thing he comes across right before the fox is he comes across a rose garden. And he sees the rose garden. Mm-hmm. And he, he found out that his rose was not the only one. Yes. 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 And, and this rose had told him she was the only one. Yes. But he sees there are 5,000 just like my rose. Yeah. And so he enters into despair at that point. He enters into the valley, almost like the pilot, uh, and is he's lost, alone, and doesn't know what to do. And that's when he hears the fox mm-hmm. speak. You want to talk about the fox? Love though? the fox. <laughs> Love the fox. I think the flock, fox was uh, the central character in the oneness of this because he taught them that if you tame someone, if you bring someone into yourself, you're going to know what it's like to live beyond yourself. Mm. And because uh, if you tame an animal, they're dependent on you. They love you for, their, for what you give them. And they need you. And everybody needs to be needed. And all of these people that were on their own, in their own little world had no idea what it was like to love Hmm. someone or to really take care of someone. Right. I really got a sense from that that uh, we, in a way, ourselves need to be tamed by God. Yeah. So that we can can understand uh, that we need him, you know. And when we're in a perpetual state of... of, uh, of these self-created worlds that we live in, isolated uh, and locked into those, uh, sort of exhausted by those, not able to see beyond them, um, then we don't realize that 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 part of us needs to be tamed. See? I didn't even think of that. But (laughs) that's more beautiful than even what I was thinking. Yes. Like, 
our selfishness and our drunkenness and our we need to be tamed, tamed. and we can only do that. We, we, oh, with God, God is only one that can tame it's us. Only one. He's the one who created us. He knows how we should be acting and being mm-hmm. born here uh, with original sin and all of those. Um, as you had said, millions and thousands of people operating in uh, in isolation of one another, uh, not in, in right relationship. Um, we can't be tamed by them because we become them. them. Mm. Well, and so in his understanding of taming, I think, is really, is really key to this. Because yeah. he says the little prince is always asking questions. He's a child, right? He, he speaks like a child. He has the wisdom of a child. I think that's very important, too, that... The little prince is a child, and the preface of the book speaks that children are so much more valuable than the adults who have been consumed by all these things that he's seeing in the world beyond his planet. And um, come as a little child, yeah, I think that it's a children's book. First of all, I would never thought it was a children's book, but it is. Right. And... um, and, and, you know, I don't think a child would find it as profound as we do no. because it's just the child's heart. Like, it's, it's all how they see the world, in a sense, um, is how this child, is how the little prince sees it. And it's portrayed that way um, by an adult trying to basically remember, you know, right. what it's like to be a child. Correct. But uh-huh. this idea of taming, so that the little prince, whenever he asks a question, he can't let it go and he keeps asking. So he asks the fox, what do you mean by taming? The fox keeps talking to him and he's like, okay, great, but what do you mean by taming? And what does that mean? And the fox just says, to make ties. That's it. To make ties. That's taming. Uh, so as I read it, I thought, wow, that's really, really interesting. And, and the consequences of taming, so what that looks like, the consequences of it. Um, is very, I think, insightful to what you were saying, Tina, how God relates to us and also, in a sense, our relationship with others oh, and sure. with what we do. For sure. Um, because basically, and uh, please feel free to interject and, and give your thoughts, but mm-hmm. the taming looks like this, that it takes a while. Little Prince says, I don't have time to tame. And he says, well, he said, well, what, what, what are you going to do then? He says, I have to meet other people and make more friends. Well, the only way you're going to actually make a friend is to tame someone. To, to make ties with someone. He says, well, how do I do that with you? He says, well, you, you, come, uh, you come and visit me every day, but you sit at a distance. So I just look at you. Yes. And watch you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. And then you walk away. And next time you'll come mm-hmm. a little bit closer. So the little prince does that, but he comes at a different time the mm-hmm. next time. And so the fox says, uh, this is good, but you should have come at the same time as yesterday. Because then you should have come at four o'clock again. Because then at three... I would have started to anticipate your coming. Boy, that speaks to recollection. Wow. You Go know, to, that speaks to re- recollection and silence and prayer, to sit in wonder of the other. You know, it spoke to me of adoration, really. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you set a time and you come, then as the fox said, he would have started preparing for yes. the visit, correct? And, um, and then, and go on to tell the rest of the story. I just wanted to dovetail yeah. that that speaks to me of, of silence and recollection and prayer. Yes, absolutely. So he, he goes on to, uh, um, to say that we, we need rights 
Right. And he says, well, what, what's a right? He said, a right is something that happens on a regular basis so that we can kind of orient our life. And weren't we just talking about that mm-hmm. <laughs> at the very yeah, beginning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That these are things that, yeah. that help us understand. He says, the hunters, they have a right. The fox, he's like, the hunters yeah. are always after me. The hunters have a right. On Thursday night, they go dance with the ladies. So I can go catch chickens that day and not be shot. So I need that right to survive. You know, mm-hmm. so the rights give us kind of this ordering. And he says, I don't eat bread. You know, I don't eat wheat. And where I live, in this little hole, there's wheat fields all around here. They mean nothing to me because I don't eat wheat. However, your hair reminds me of the wheat. And so he says, when now, because I've been tamed, uh, when I see the wheat, it makes me think of you. And so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get excited yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. I begin to, to long for you. Yeah, and then, then again, that spoke to me of, of, of the world takes on a whole different appearance when, um, when one gets out of their own selfishness. I mean, you can see God in his creation, in the people around you. Um, it's just, it was quite fascinating, uh, the depths that this, this book took. Um, in its storytelling. It's amazing. It's amazing your recovery of all that. Because, you know, uh, when you get older, you don't remember as much. But as you're speaking about that, I think of how beautiful that is, how that is so meaningful to life. Because just something can remind you of God. Just a little, just the smile on somebody's face mm-hmm. is just such one. a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's like it's like marriage. When we look at our rings, it's a reminder that another person has made a promise to love us. You know, when we mm-hmm. see it, it's it should be a reminder of our of our beloved. Um, we carry it around all day, and mm-hmm. and so there's yeah, like you said, with other people, there are those reminders when we uh, hear something or see someone that looks like someone we love, we get excited on the inside. You know, mm-hmm. oh, there's somebody. We, mm-hmm. uh, if you go, I know um, the two of you are daily mass people, but I'm sure there's also that kind of excitement that I'll be seeing this person tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, but then there's the flip side that the fox talks about also mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. there's the parting when they're not there. Yeah. And what happens then? Yeah. There's great sorrow. But there's you know sorrow. what I think is beautiful um, uh, is that, and this is just something that I've learned, uh, so that spoke to me, mm. that the only, the only person who experiences great sorrow and a deep sorrow is somebody who has loved deeply. Mm-hmm. The two go hand in hand. So you cannot um, love uh, somebody authentically, truly, and deeply uh, without feeling um, deep sorrow. You will feel deep sorrow. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the fox talks to how, how that's a good thing. If that's not, Absolutely. Like, this is not a bad thing. Yes, no. The sorrow mm-hmm. and the joy should be it should yeah, Exactly, because when you feel that sorrow, it's a reminder of how much you loved. I mean, yes. the, the, you never have the sorrow with despair, because the sorrow always points back to the one who's loved. Yes. So you feel joy about that, and then you feel the sorrow. And so the, <laughs> yeah. the two just... Exactly. Dance together, I think, really. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. And I think that this is so so true of God. I had a very good friend once tell me, um, I was working on you know prayer, getting in the habit of prayer. And this friend said, well, just make sure you show up for prayer um, every day for the same amount of time. Go to prayer. Same amount of time every day. Um, and it became so evident to me why that was, why that was good advice, because I... 
And the little prince kind of brought that to light because this is a ritual and this is a rite. And you know what? It's hard sometimes to go to prayer and you don't feel anything. To sit in silence Mm -hmm. for a half hour, 20 minutes, however long it is, and when you don't feel the presence of God or it's dry and empty, it's painful and you feel like, gosh, a a letdown. You know, but then there are those times when you sit in prayer and you really feel the presence of God and you feel your heart kind of surge with love. Mm -hmm. Um, and And that's in a sense, what you're hoping for. Mm-hmm. But the fox shows us that that when that presence isn't there, it shouldn't still within us no. a deep longing. Yeah, that, it should It should, it should reflect back. Yeah. It should reflect back. Yeah, I think that that might be important in prayer. When you feel that, that desolation or that, that sorrow or that, that um, distance, um, it should it should hearken you back to the love that you felt because you know there's moments where you've you've sat in prayer and you have felt the consolation of the Holy Spirit so intensely so that that um, that longing that uh, sorrow that it didn't uh, 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 that missing that uh, that contact with God should hearken back to the love that was felt because it's only you're only feeling that um, because of the love that was mm. so strongly felt. Yes. And so to abandon it would just be yeah. foolishness. It would. It would. It would be. Abandon what love is. And you wouldn't have recognized where the gift came from. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's how we started this conversation about rituals and routine and, um, you know, doing the same thing. And it, it just is amazing when you do dedicate time to prayer or to daily mass. When you don't do it, you miss it. Mm-hmm. Just as the fox warned the person that, you know, you will miss it when it's gone. But so it brings you right back to it, the, what you just said, Tina, that, you know, we know God's love. We've heard God speak. And when we don't get that feeling of mm-hmm. divine love in our prayer life, we come back to that moment when he did speak yes. to us loud and clear. Uh, Amen. Well, I think that's a, we've, we've hit the 30 minute mark. Wow. Can you believe it? This is what happens <laughs> no, every time. But I, I just love listening to you two. <laughs> well, I love listening to you, Pat. Yeah, <laughs> this is great. I, I just felt like, are we off now? No, 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 no. We have to still wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, folks, thanks again for tuning in to the Vici Minimum Show. Um, <laughs> It's always a pleasure talking with uh, with our parishioners, talking with you guys. And we do invite you all to, to join the conversation. Yeah. We've had yes. some feedback from folks um, from time to time in email. But really, we do this because, well, first of all, we, we hope that it can benefit you. But we really do want to get to know you, um, who's, who's listening. Uh, I'd like to know who you are and your thoughts on this. Um, because if we're, not, if we're not oriented towards a relationship with you guys, you know. What are we doing? Yeah. This is all the, right. the little prince is all about relationship. That's right. So please don't don't fear sending us a message. Um, we had someone from uh, uh, Alyssa from Connecticut. She sent me her favorite Bible verse. I asked for it oh, on excellent. Instagram. And it was great. Yeah, it gave some insight into into why it was her favorite, and uh, and it was good. So thank you for doing that, Alyssa, and um, and anybody else. Wow. Please send us. Yeah, um, we'd love to talk with you. So our email address: vichumundum sixteen thirty three at gmail.com or Facebook and Instagram we're there it's a great place to start the dialogue 
Uh, or just call the church and say, I want to talk to Tina Austin. Pat, she may or may not be here. She's around often. But... <laughs> That's right. She's not going to be here. Call the outreach office. <laughs> so until next time, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Pray for us. Pray for us. Thanks again for tuning in. We would love for you to join the conversation that we started by sending us an email at vigimundum1633 at gmail.com or by connecting with us on Facebook and or Instagram. And while we love doing these podcasts, we really love hearing from and starting relationships with you even more. I also want to extend an invitation to you that if you like these shows and would like to see more produced by our parish, please feel free to support what we're doing. You can go to Our Lady of Mount Carmel's website and give online by designating your donation to Vici Mundum. Monthly gifts are especially helpful. Finally, as a reminder, the views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the presenters alone, and they do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Church or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. God bless you, and we look forward to talking with you soon.